0: Good Monday, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. BYU has ended the month of September with a 3-2 and record, splitting its four-game P5 slate after a 35-7 setback this past Saturday in Seattle. And we're discussing that and looking ahead today with Special Teams Coordinator Ed Lamb and Defensive Coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. Coach Lamb here in Studio 2 for our first half hour, and then Coach Tuiaki coming in for the final 30 minutes. Great to have you joining us today live on BYU TV, BYU Radio. A Sirius XM 143. And now also on 107.9 FM in Northern Utah, plus the BYU Football Facebook Live page along with ESPN 960 AM. We are also live online and on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps, both live and on demand. And we invite you, as always, to be a part of today's show on Twitter with questions for the coaches using hashtag CCBYU or via comments on the BYU Football Facebook Live page. We begin today with BYU's special teams coordinator, linebackers coach, and assistant head coach, Ed Lamb. Coach Lamb, good to see you again. It was a rough weekend in Seattle, admittedly. Uh, You've had uh, a few uh, hours to maybe decompress and reconsider it. Uh, What what are you left with uh, after Saturday night in Seattle?
1: Uh, Well, uh the Coming out of the game i my my initial impression was that we just we weren't uh ready mentally to have our best game and coach our best game, and we needed to and you know, against a against a really really strong Washington team that uh either they played their best or we went, we made them look like <laughs> they played their best, but they were incredibly sharp and fast and and powerful. I thought they really blocked well on the edges and uh I thought they thought they played really stout uh, on defense. And uh, and and frankly, when we needed our our best game, I don't think we, we were uh, prepared to uh, coach or play our best.
0: Looking back on it, could you have seen any warning signs going in that you were bound to have that kind of uh, performance?
1: You know, I think Coach Satake did a good uh, job all week of emphasizing. Um, it, you know, the way he phrased it was doing uh, doing common things in an uncommon way. But um, the the point of emphasis or the meaning behind that was to do to do little things right, and and not just in football, but uh, in life with with uh, studies or. The way that you keep your locker clean or your locker room clean, um, how often you're staying in touch with your family, and and what what he felt like was that this potentially could be a game where we had a lot of pressure as coaches and players, mm-hmm. and, and he felt like uh, you know focusing on on other areas of life and the details within the game of football would help us, and, and not to uh, over consider the magnitude of the game and the opportunity we had to to play in a, a prime time. Game with two ranked opponents, and, and in the end, I thought Washington was just more ready to answer that challenge.
0: And on that note, uh, do you ultimately just have to pay a tremendous amount of Washington for playing the way they did on Saturday night?
1: Absolutely, yeah. They're they're uh, just the, the nuts and bolts of it. The truth of it is they're they're more used to playing in in that environment, and uh, and they were at home, and those are those were big challenges for us. I would like to play the game again. Sometimes after, uh, after losing soundly, you, you don't want to play that opponent again. I would, I would like for our guys to get the opportunity again now that they know what it felt like, where it was, um, the overall feel of the stadium, the game, the magnitude, the preparation week. If we could do it all over again, I know we'd play and coach much better
0: did any facet of the game or anyone responsible for the particular facets of the game feel that uh, things went the way they would have hoped or expected, or does everyone basically take an equal amount of accountability or responsibility in this one?
1: I think guys normally do. It's hard to peer inside the soul of a young, young guy or, or any guy for that matter. But, um, you know, I just know that amongst the coaching staff, you know, it's always, you you hear comments after the game, like, you know, we could have, could have done better at this or that. And, And guys are usually putting on themselves and their position and how they could have played better. But, you know, those those comments to me are usually kind of shocking, like, oh, really? I, I thought uh, my position group played most poorly, or I, I coached most poorly is usually the impression that I have. I, I think coaches are like that. I think players are like that. We spend too much time together and have too much belief in each other to start pointing fingers.
0: There was a natural Wisconsin-Washington comparison going in because the general nature of the challenge was kind of similar. Uh, ranked team, on the road, great home field, all these things. And so it might have been reasonable to hope for, you know, a similar outcome. Uh, but, the spe- but the specifics, I think, were a little different. Washington wasn't Wisconsin. Where were they different that actually, uh, you know, ended up dictating a lot of what happened on Saturday?
1: I don't want to take anything away from Washington's uh, physicality because they do have some some very physical players. Like I said, I think they blocked really well on the edge. I thought they have an, had an aggressive pass protection scheme that kept us uh, off guard, and we, we weren't able to get as much pressure as we wanted to. I thought they blocked their edges really well, number 88 in particular at the tight end position. They did a great job blocking our, our perimeter. And they have such deep ball threats that I, I think we were overly concerned as a as a coach. And so, I'm a, a, me, I'm I'm the one who takes uh, takes kind of the first look at uh, the opponent's um, passing game and, and tries to make sure that our that the coverage recommendations for Coach Tuliaki are are sound and going to uh, keep us from getting uh, beaten over the top. And I, th- I thought looking back on it uh, uh, in the game that Washington was certainly more capable over the top than than uh, Wisconsin but I should have given our our defensive backs and corners more credit and we should have challenged and locked up more often and put more guys at the point of attack and stopped the run. Uh, we, we didn't do that and uh, started to do that a little bit more in the second half, but also a lot of the momentum of the game was gone at that point and, and Washington would have been happy to, to uh, go three and out and punt with uh, running the clock. We didn't we didn't always get them to do that, but um, it, it changes the dynamic of the game significantly when, when you're down by that much.
0: Relative to stopping the run, it appeared that there were at least some variations defensively, particularly on the front, to to pay a little more attention to that, a little more heavy to start, and there, there were some changes made that way.
1: There were, yeah. We, we had a lot of different uh, personnel packages going in and um, some some different ways that we thought that we could we could be more stout against the run and then also uh, stay over the top in the passing game. It didn't, didn't work out um, the way that we wanted, and I have to give Washington credit on that.
0: Uh, To your uh, your areas of responsibility, we'll start with special teams. Uh, There was a missed field goal from Skyler. Uh, One kickoff return. I think BYU had a lever for maybe 16 yards. There was a 16-yard punt return against us. Uh, Two field goals were missed by Washington. Uh, BYU's punt game saw 3 of 6 efficiency days, so a little less than normal there. And then there was a recovered punt muff. When you take a look at the overall totality of the special teams performance, where do you come?
1: Yeah, I, I think you just said some of the key things. You know, we we missed an opportunity there to get on the board early and uh that, that didn't help with the momentum and overall feel of the game. Uh didn't uh didn't pay off on that drive there that we had into their territory. Uh Skylar knew right away he just he just had picked up his head and looked for the result uh too quickly instead of just keeping his head down and following through. You know, our punting game was uh, overall just just not up to our standards. We didn't change field position with our punting game. We're deficient in that area. Had some some tough, you know, two of our our best coverage guys um, over the past three years have been uh, dying and and Zane, and we're missing both of those guys, and so we we didn't get down the field quite as fast as we have been and uh, we didn't uh, provide enough hang time for the coverage guys that were in there who were working hard and and are good we just need to you know get get more on the same page and then you know I thought maybe overall just that that big play down the stretch of of getting the ball on the ground Danny Jones punted a a side winding left-footed punt and that's those are tough to field they were it was kind of a helicopter whirl and that's a common kick in the in the Aussie uh, league and so he, uh, he put that spin on it and it bounced right into uh, Mitch Harris's hands, so he'd done a great job all night of getting down the field and make, being productive in the special teams game.
0: That uh, that punt-muff recovery came uh, on, obviously, a decision late in the game, down 35-zip, uh, two-punt from fourth, and uh, BYU scores this one touchdown on the ensuing recovery, of course. What went into the decision there at that stage of the game to just kick it away?
1: Well, no, no decision. I mean, in in that in that situation, right there, I mean, uh, mathematically, the the game mm-hmm. the game has been lost. Or, or a better way to say it is, you know, that offensively or as a team, we need to earn the opportunity to be aggressive. We hadn't earned the opportunity uh, with our offense, defense, or or special teams at that point to to be taking aggressive risks. Um, if we had come up short there on on fourth down, put our defense in a in a bad field position again, that's not the kind of thing that. That two or three weeks from now, that anybody's considering giving up 42 instead of 35, and you know people people say, well, just why why not be aggressive? You've you've already lost. Um, ag- aggressive is is not just um, throwing away all of the analytics from the game. The analytics in the game were we were not able to score and sustain drives. We were not able to stop them consistently on a short field on defense. And uh, so so by what rationale would you even consider going for it in that situation on your own end?
0: So it wasn't earned, as you just put it. Yeah. Not Heading into a break on the Coordinator's Corner. When we come back, more from Special Teams Coordinator Ed Lamb and your questions from social media using hashtag CCBYU on Twitter. Back with more right after this. Dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody. From burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality, and a lot of it in Lehigh. American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and coming soon to Harriman. BYU now 3-2, and two, getting ready for Utah State. And we are visiting with special teams coordinator Ed Lamb on the coordinator's corner. Uh, your position group is linebackers. Uh, no Zane, uh, Anderson once again. Butch did get back. And uh, Sione started, of course, may have left the game toward the latter stages. Uh, did he get back in eventually? Or did he, did, he, did he finish on the sideline? Do you remember?
1: No, uh, He didn't, but he, he was uh, perfectly capable of, of coming back in. But at that time, we we're trying to get some guys some playing time and some experience, which we hope will pay off in future games this season and in future seasons.
0: Okay, so good to get Butch back, of course. But your trio hasn't been together as a trio for for a few weeks now. And, uh, of course, we hope that Zane is able to make a return. Is there a consideration at some point, once we get a few games in, of saying he's only played X number of games, we can get a year back on that? Or how do, how do you look at that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and, he, and he's still under that mark. And so, at this point, we're, it's not a consideration we need to make right now. Uh, he'll be back and uh, and giving it a go this week. So excited about that for Zane and uh, Butch's Butch's back, which is great for our team and and the leadership that he brings. And he's not up to full speed. He didn't didn't play um, to his you know his potential. Um, but it's all it's all at this point. It's just all with that uh, hand and what he's working through there. Really toughed it out. Played a tough physical game like he always does. But uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get guys, all the guys back to full speed soon.
0: So as of this week, maybe looking into Friday, there's a good chance you could see Zane, Butch, and Sione back together at linebacker? Starting yes. At,
1: you know. Yeah, very much. And uh, that's, a, that's always, always the hope, to have all the guys back and competing during the week of practice for the starting positions and then putting the best guys out there. And, and certainly those three have shown that they're uh, highly capable.
0: Every team has their own specific challenges relative to health but it hasn't been the, the best year that way with with injuries as some some important players have missed a lot of time and as a coach and coaches it seems like the, the refrains pretty similar everybody's got to deal with it there's no sense in bemoaning it it's next man up and you just can't spend too much time on it
1: yeah exactly I mean how much how much did you and I talk about it after the Wisconsin game but we had we had guys out and guys down butch being one of them and so it, when you're winning you, you know you just you move on and and coaches would like if everybody would just kind of not not bring that up when <laughs> when you're losing, because it's not it's really we spend too much time and the, the backups are capable and those backups will be starters. There was a time when Butch was a backup and Zane was a backup, and you know the, those uh, it's just opportunities for new guys is the way we look at it.
0: Uh, if I could uh, have you take a look at the offensive side for for a quick se- a quick second here as your assistant head coach hat for a moment, Washington. Is pretty good at letting you complete uh, a few passes, but they really don't let you do anything uh, through the air, over the top, primarily. BYU actually had on the day a decent pass efficiency number and completion rate, but really nothing out of it. So Washington's pretty expert that way in terms of what they choose to give you, aren't they?
1: They are. They keep they keep the ball in front of them, and that's uh, that's something every defense aspires to do. Is, uh, you know, every every everybody's game plan going into the game really is is to do that, and. Um, you know, whether you do it in man coverage or zone coverage. But the idea is definitely not to give up big plays and uh, to keep the ball in front of you and also be as aggressive as possible.
0: Speaking of big plays, uh, the Cougars have had 58 offensive possessions so far this year and a one explosive drive in the 58, explosive being an average of 10 yards per play in that drive. Clearly, uh, chunk plays are always going to be a consideration, something you want more of. You want to prevent against, that, which BYU has generally done pretty well. But in relative to the explosive nature of the offense, where is BYU in terms of being able to maybe maybe turn a corner? Does it come with the schedule getting a little less stringent, maybe?
1: Um, I think it, I think the opponent always has something to say about how explosive you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've we've played some really stout defenses, and uh, in um, in in you know Cal and Wisconsin, and I think. Um, McNeese State were really really solid on defense. Arizona had some some great athletes, which can be tough to get out big plays. So I think that's part of it. But I also think with a with a new offense, it takes time to to find uh, for the the coaches to find the right playmakers to emphasize where the ball is going to go, and it also takes time for the players to find the the exact right timing, or or I should say not find the timing, but to get better and better at the timing of what they're doing. So I have a high um, high level of confidence in our offensive players and our offensive coaches, the way that they work and prepare. It's just, it's highly detailed and there's some complication in there too. And so I think as the season goes along, regardless of who we play, we'll continue to get better.
0: Too bad that BYU does lose one of its uh, prime playmakers in Uluputu Ulupututau. Had to miss all of last year and now he goes out to early this year. That's too bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's a really really a tough break uh, for him um, and and for us as a team. He's really productive in what he does. He almost uh uh, any any given week, you'll hear the opposing coach talk about him and and what a dangerous matchup he is for anybody. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, something we'll have to overcome.
0: Of course, there are players to do it, and having someone like uh, Matt Bushman and uh, Dallin Holker right there is a positive. I, I noticed that uh, Hank Tui Palutu got on the roster this past week, and does that mean that he's maybe ready to go here? Good to go? He
1: is. He's done a great job. Um, he's gotten uh, significantly bigger and, and faster just with his uh, strength training here. Just in the time he's been here since early or uh, since July. And so uh, not only has he changed, but uh, I think he's also more ready to play, and maybe the opportunity's there. So he's, uh, he's done a really good, really good job against on the scout unit against our defense, and we feel really good about him.
0: It's very intuitive, of course. Every coach would like to score early and often in every game, and uh, they prepare to score and score touchdowns on first possessions. But first quarter's a bit, a bit of a challenge for BYU this year. Ed, uh, seven points in the five games in the opening quarter, and they came in the Tucson game. Um, is there anything you see that, um, I don't know, uh, has a remedy relative to the, uh, the starts for BYU right now?
1: You know, i think um I think part of that is just uh the collective cumulative experience of our team right now and where we're at mentally and I think um you know i think I think that a lot of times uh, you know over the over the past eighteen months, two years, whatever we've just played a lot of close games and we've we lost a lot of games uh, last year, and so I think um going into games there's there's just kind of a we're we're going in a little bit timid and a little bit nervous and we're kind of playing our way into games. The positive side uh, over a long period of time is BYU has guys that that fight, and so we will be in the game. We will hang in the game. We will play as hard as we can. And if you know, if we get get the breaks and our coach well enough on that given day, I think we can we can beat anybody. But you know, winning winning begets more winning and begets more confidence. There are new challenges that come with winning, and uh, we're you know we're working through some of those right now. But we're somewhere in the middle of being a team without a lot of true confidence that can start fast and aggressive and uh, being a team that really expects to be one of the best teams in the country.
0: Hopefully being back at home will uh, aid that confidence. Uh, for the entire month of October, BYU will not have an away game, so that's a good thing for the Cougs coming up. And coming up next, more with BYU Special Teams Coordinator, Linebackers Coach, and Assistant Head Coach Ed Lamb, and your questions for Coach Lamb. Send them in using hashtag CCBYU on Twitter. This is the Coordinator's Corner, brown you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back with more right after this. And you are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. BYU and Utah State coming up Friday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's been 44 years since the Ags last beat BYU in consecutive years. They'll be trying to do that on Friday. BYU will be out in turn to a beat Utah State for a 32nd time. In the last 38 meetings, looking ahead to Utah State with Coach Ed Lamb. And uh, from social media, from uh, Jeremy Slater on Facebook, right about that topic. He says, how ready will the Cougs be for an Aggies team that is averaging almost 50 points per game? And I'll amend that by saying they're averaging 51.5 points per game right now. Then they haven't played your schedule. Uh, the schedules don't compare right now between you and the Aggies yet. They have a confidence that comes with scoring a ton of points.
1: So the question was how ready? Yeah. 100 100%. We, 100%. Will, we will be ready. Bank on it.
0: Eric Nielsen on Facebook. Why do you think there were so many penalties in this past game, where the other games were relatively uh, more penalty-free?
1: Well, I think um, I, I think I, I alluded to it earlier, but um, you know, players. If if players don't play well, coaches don't coach well. And I think I think going into that game, uh, not just offensively. I know I know more of the penalties were on offense, and that and typically that's going to be the case. Um, but I think I think we. Uh, we're not prepared to coach and and play our best game just just mentally i feel like overall you know I'm, i know i'm speaking for uh for coach grimes and the offensive staff here but i just feel like we we had a better team than we showed and we have better coaches than we showed and uh we we've, we've got a better we've got a better program than we showed and so i think we all share in the the blame on that
0: Cal represented kind of a reset that way, and it feels like a, a similar vibe is coming after after Washington when you guys you, you've been together as a team already once this week, haven't you? Was it earlier today that you got together? or have you been together uh, as a team?
1: Not not as a team, just uh, coaching staff okay
0: yeah. uh, w- what do you sense is, is going to be um, maybe the adjustment made if there needs to be one from that mentality standpoint to get what you want to get out of your guys on on Friday night? What's going to have to be different? Well, I
1: I think uh re- resolve to put it in our players' hands. I know certainly um defensively we we felt like uh we we carried a lot of scheme and uh tried a lot of different things and uh that that sometimes works out and and sometimes it doesn't. But the thing that I know is that uh, there's such a bad taste in a coach's mouth when uh, there's an overemphasis on coaching and and hmm. scheme and strategy, and you lose. And it's a great it's a great taste in your mouth when, when you win, and you feel like that you contributed to that win somehow. But um, you know, I would rather have our boys out there playing um, aggressive, man to man coverage and challenging the opponent. Uh, I'm speaking defensively right now, but I think the theme you know would would translate throughout the team. I think we'd all would would rather put the put the ball in our players' hands. Uh, put the onus on our players to go out, challenge, compete, and then the score score be what it may. But after a loss, coaches are particularly hard on themselves. So I know from a coaching standpoint, we're really resolute about uh, doing a great job this week and putting our best foot forward for our players and allowing our players to. And I know that our players always respond well after a loss and they come back hungry and ready to go.
0: So uh, overemphasis on the coaching side of it last week, uh, as opposed to the player side of it last week.
1: I, I think so. Yeah, I think. I mean. I can speak for two thirds of our team, and I can make inferences and uh, just just yeah, because you know Coach Grimes isn't here to answer, and so I don't I don't want to answer too much on, on his behalf. But I just right. know that uh, over the years, and with all coaches, and, and the way I know our offensive coaching staff, if we don't win. There's, there's none of our coaches are sitting there pointing at the film going, man, our players are terrible. We we point the finger at ourselves first. And so in in whatever way that they would word that, I think I can speak for them and, and our whole coaching staff and say that we, we wanted to do things. We wish we had done things differently.
0: Austin Lee was your team's leading tackler at Washington. And maybe coming into the season, he might have been among the players getting the less or, or the least attention on the defensive side. I think he's played really well this year. How do you, how do you view that uh, Austin Lee's contributions have been for the team?
1: Oh yeah, he's he's really he's fantastic. He had some injuries that slowed him down last year, and just just soft tissue stuff in the hamstrings and things like that, and didn't get him a chance to really roll um, consecutively on on a lot of given weeks and, and rack up some stats. But he plays so hard and is so physical. And um, and really one of our one of the smartest players on defense. We put a lot on him in terms of communicating with the guys around him, getting them getting us in the right
0: defenses. We mentioned the injury trouble earlier at linebacker, and other guys have gotten reps. Uh, how deep are you now at the linebacker spot, and who's impressed you with uh, with players being uh, unavailable for some of these games?
1: Well, uh, you may have noticed Matt Hadley's back on the defensive Did side see of the ball, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he he was really active, a little more uh, rusty than I think um, I w- I would have liked. He. Um, just just had a couple of detailed things. We're getting getting a little more depth in pass coverage and stuff like that. But uh, that'll that'll come along. He's a very smart player and put those put those on me as far as some minor mistakes in the game. Technically, just a little bit of rust. Um, Isaiah Calfusi has done a fantastic job. Just from from last year to this year, taking advantage of every opportunity. His his uh, production points. You know, we get we uh, we give production points for things like tackles, interceptions, passes broken up, sacks, tackles for loss, etc. He's been one of our most productive defensive players in terms of number of plays that he's played. So points, points per play, Isaiah yeah. galfusi has been fantastic. And then uh, Riggs Riggs Powell has played a significant role as a as a backup and uh, plays plays really hard. Has been productive and just we need to keep getting better as a whole unit. You say how how deep are we? I don't know. Sometimes you don't want to find out that question. You know, <laughs> you want to play with the guys that are on top of the depth chart, but. You know, all, all I know is I, I love working with the guys and and look forward to every opportunity I can to put three guys out there to compete.
0: And uh, Matt is uh, involved, Hadley that is, with really all three phases right now. I still saw him working out with the running backs in the pregame, so he's got the special teams role back on defense and offense. So he's not exactly quite our Taysom Hill yet, but he's he's yeah. certainly having he's got a full plate right now.
1: He, he does. He's got a full plate and he's sacrificed a lot for the team. He he would have played some significant snaps there the first several games on defense had he not moved to offense, but. Uh, now he'll, he'll be appearing uh, uh, at least in two phases on defense and special teams, and I think he always remains a candidate at running back.
0: Okay, in our final minute, just uh, maybe some specifics, early in the week specifics, uh, about uh, Utah State and where they will expect to challenge you most here on Friday night from your perspective.
1: Well, I think uh, if, if anyone who studied the schedule sees us coming off, we're, we're coming off of a loss, they're coming off of, of a win, uh, they're coming off of a bye week, we're coming off of a short week, we've got a, a Friday night game, um, they've got a lot of momentum a lot of belief and our guys have to regroup um, very quickly they are um, offensively they are really in tune to what they do and defensively as well they've had uh, they have a carryover on their staff and so they're running similar systems of offense defense and special teams from what we saw last year um, we, we've got a we've got to play well on offense defense and special teams this is a real challenge for our team and yet uh, one that i'm highly confident about
0: Every game represents its own character test, if you will. But coming off where you were on Saturday, I really anticipate uh, the challenge and how you guys respond. Best of luck. Thanks, Greg. All right, that's Coach Ed Lamb. Coming up after the break, I'll be joined by BYU defensive coordinator and defensive line coach Elisa Tuiaki as the coordinator's corner brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys rolls on here on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality, and a lot of it. In Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and coming soon to Harriman, uh, speaking of dinner after the game and game times, uh, BYU and Hawaii, the game time got set for that game on October 13th. It'll be eight fifteen the mountain time kick at Lavella Bridge Stadium. Uh, we are back into the we're into the back half of the coordinator's corner as we go from special teams to the defense. And that means spending some time with defensive coordinator and D-line coach Elisa Tuiaki. And your questions for Coach Tuiaki can be submitted on Twitter using hashtag CCBYU or via comments on the BYU Football Facebook Live broadcast of our show. E, good to see you again.
2: Good to be back. Thanks.
0: First uh, first, really kind of rough day for the BYU defense, I think, this year, uh, Saturday uh, up at uh, Seattle. But I, th- I know you give a lot of credit, of course, to Washington. I thought, from what I'd seen, they played their best game Saturday night.
2: Yeah. I, th- I, th- I mean, we knew going in that they were a really good team, but I thought that they played cleanly, you know. And um, they played their best game. We played our worst on defense. and. And it just uh, happened to be you can't do that against really good teams like that. So,
0: we noticed uh, when the when the game began, there was going to be some defensive variation in what you wanted to get done. Uh, what was the intent of that? And uh, you know, how, how soon was it when you realized that eh, maybe what we thought might happen wasn't going to be happening the way you hoped?
2: Probably after the first couple of drives, as we looked at things. I mean, there was uh, play play number one. Actually, you know, we were we we're on the headset and they busted off a long run um we put something in that was a little bit more coverage oriented and and uh you know as immediately right after they got that run you know I was talking to to coach Guilford I said hey that correction that what we talked about uh you know a couple of days ago we need to switch that back and we need to go back and it was actually my suggestion to switch it to be a little bit more coverage oriented and uh it was coach Coach Guilford's idea to switch it back and I said you know let's just let's just leave it the way that it was and and uh, I mean, just just going the first couple series, we went back just looked at it. it was, you know what? We just need to do what we need to do, and um, you know, it just it, it wasn't as as good of a plan I think as we thought. Um, number one, but number two, I think we took a little bit away from from the kids and their ability to play. Hmm. And so um, I think there's something to be said about. And a lot of people talk about it all the time. We get go through interviews. You guys, you guys don't do much. You guys basically don't blitz much. You don't do and You know what? And and we always play sound because the kids know know what they're, what they're doing and where they're at. And I think this game was was uh, just kind of g- gives me deeper convictions about just do what you do and do it really well. You know.
0: So maybe you took a little bit more out of their hands than you would have liked in hindsight. I, I,
2: I think so. Yeah. And we look at it and um, having having certain checks and doing certain things and just the communication in the huddle and the way the kids were feeling. I think that uh, it, it just it just wasn't. Um, it wasn't the best. We didn't just let them go and play, you know, and I think that uh, losing Zane as well as dying, maybe we, we might have been ch- uh, trying to protect some guys in coverage a little bit too much, but we went back and looked at it. We were like, man, we recruited these guys for a specific reason. It's the cover and for us to play aggressive and we got to do that and, and uh, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But but uh, they were also really good. I thought that they were a good yeah. team and they did a really good job and protected the quarterback really well and mixed things up as far as just quick game and and uh, max protect and all that stuff and it was just it was just, it was a good good game plan on their end and not as good on
0: our end Diane and Zane are two of your best defensive playmakers, you've been without uh, Zane for a couple of weeks and and Diane as well and uh, you can't just overlook the fact you're missing two top of the depth chart playmakers on D, it sounded from Ed that, uh, that there's a chance Zane would get back and I'm not sure about Dian, um, you never want to focus on who you don't have uh, but it's, it's a real thing, I mean you're missing, you're missing playmakers right now
2: yeah, not not having those two, you know, they they're such a big big part of our defense and what we do. But um, we've, you know, we Co- Coachythakis talked to the team about belief, um, and really when we go back and we looked at it yesterday and just said. We need to show more belief in the kids and the players and their abilities, and
0: we didn't do that in this game plan. Uh, Jake Browning had an excellent night. Uh, went 23 of 25 for 277 touchdown. His pass efficiency rating is under 200. Teams don't lose at that number, of course. Uh, what, mo- what most went into Jake having the kind of night he had, do you think?
2: Uh, You know he he is a really good quarterback to start with but it was uh they they protected him really well you know and that was kind of one thing that we talked about just on the headset throughout the night was like we're not getting the pressure that we need um when we were sending blitzes or you know we 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 got in, we got home a couple of times as far as just getting the ball out and getting him to throw checkdowns but they did a really good job with just some of their concepts and just knowing when to sit down and the timing was right, you know, as far as the quarterback to the receiver connection, and just they did a really good job with uh, with what they
0: were doing. Where were, where were Wisconsin and Washington most different, do you think? And I posed a similar question to Ed in, in the first half hour because people look at the Wisconsin game and will say if you can if you can beat Wisconsin on the road, you may, you may really have the same result against Washington on the road, uh, you know, two really good teams with long home, non-conference home win streaks and top 15 and all that kind of thing. But where were the two teams tactically different that made the challenge really different for BYU? You the second time around,
2: the the, the pass game was definitely different. You know, the pass game was way different. Um, th- really, the whole thing is different. You know, Wisconsin it's just it's just different different type of scheme, different type of uh, of play. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't give uh, Washington as much credit in the run game as I should have you know thinking there's certain things that we did that we wanted to protect the pass a little bit more thinking that we would be able to defend the run with fewer guys in the box and just going back and looking at it you know I think if we would have just played what we do do what we do and force them to force them to try to run the ball and stop the run and and uh, challenge them a little bit more in the pass, I think that it would have been a better outcome for us on defense Um, but it's it's completely different I mean um, they were they were more running the ball uphill. There wasn't anything downhill like like Wisconsin does, and a lot of pin pull schemes, and did a really good job blocking on the perimeter, and a lot of RPO stuff. Um, and so it was a lot lot different as far as scheme, but they just did a really good job, you know, and and we didn't do a good job with just uh, you know preparing the kids and letting them play, letting them play.
0: Washington a little more diverse and uh, more edge-oriented, perhaps, than, than Wisconsin, which kind of wants to beat you over the head with uh, between the tackle play sometimes. Yeah,
2: their scheme's different. I mean, they're still very, very complex, and a lot lot of uh, intricate parts of the run game mm-hmm. in the box that people don't see and people don't know, and um, influence blocks and just things that, that aren't uh, usual that, you know, you don't really see nowadays, um, and so I think that uh, the complexity of, of both the offenses really, really, you know, they're both complex, but um, it was just, it was just different you know, they did a good job running uphill and stretching things and getting out on the perimeter and, and we didn't do a good job boxing it.
0: Down in distance was Washington's friend on Saturday night. Uh, they averaged 9.6 yards on first down plays, which is, you almost never see that.
2: Yeah, and when you're losing on first down, then really, really difficult to, to play, but also call a game on second and third down. So, and you know, we, I think we've talked about that in the past. It's just, you've got to win first down. You've got to put yourself in a situation where the offense is a little bit more predictable. But, um, you know, where we as coaches come back and talk about, who we are and what we do. Stop the run first, right? You got to stop the run. And try to get them a little bit more predictable, and we didn't. We didn't do that at all.
0: The uh, sack-adjusted rush yardage Saturday was BYU fifty-five and Washington two hundred, and that's often uh, telling the tale in a lot of football games. I think it was the way on uh, Saturday night. All right, so break time on the coordinators' corner. When we come back, we'll have more with defensive coordinator Eliza Tuiaki. You can ask him questions using the hashtag CCBYU on Twitter. Stay with us. The Coordinator's Corner is brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. BYU defensive coordinator and defensive line coach, Elisa Tuiaki with me until the top of the hour. 3-2, and two, BYU hosting 3-1 and one Utah State to one of your former teams for which you've coached. Uh, it, it's kind of the funny game we all play in sports. If somebody told you before the season that fill in the blank, you kind of go from there. If someone had said BYU was going to be 3-2 and two, going into October, knowing what you had in September, I think a lot of folks would have just said, all right, let's go. Uh, now you're there, how do you feel? <laughs>
2: Feel, you know um it, it's uh because of the fast week because we're playing on friday and just a short week um i think everybody we've all moved on you know as far as coaches and we're ready to go and you know we are where we're at it's we're three and two and, and an opportunity to win another one here at home protect lavelle's house as well as uh, play an in-state rival and and uh i think we're ready to move along and go
0: Speaking of Lavelle's house, repeating our news from earlier in this hour, it came out this morning that uh, the BYU-Hawaii game time has been set. It'll be an ESPN2 telecast, and it'll happen at 8.15 on October 13th. So game time set now for byu and the bows it'll be eight fifteen with a six fifteen radio pregame on the thirteenth, but that's the week after Utah State. The Aggs are next; they are Friday night. Uh, early look ahead to Utah State. You've already gotten into them, obviously, as you get ready to prep your guys. Uh, they're three and one. They're coming off a bye, and they're scoring almost fifty two points a game right now.
2: Good offense. You know, I think the 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 changes that they've made. You know, and I and I know Matt. We don't we don't talk as often now that we've kind of doing our own deal. But uh, Matt Wells and I coach together and um you know what what they what he's done as far as just cutting the reins and letting yost run things i mean it's really really panned out well for them i think that they're good on offense they they know who they are and they they uh really really good scheme um you know they they get the ball out quickly and i think that their their skill kids are really good and i, I like their running backs you got a pair of running backs that are
0: really good talented kids and the running backs for the most part are new based on who you saw last year in the game you played and and Jordan Love wasn't the guy yet when you played him last year either. Yeah, he was, he
2: was uh he was in and out just kind of taking yeah. taking a couple of series here and there but um no he's he's a good player. He does a good job.
0: And the receivers you know pretty well uh, led by Ron Quavy and Tarver and uh, and Dax Raymond and they use a bunch of guys. Uh so it's a pretty diverse attack right now for them.
2: Yeah, yep, it is. That's that's awesome to see. Uh, a kid just from utah just doing so well over there you know i'm always rooting for the in-state kids just because i recruit the state of utah but that's it's good to see
0: it's a rivalry game uh of course and uh when you were up there uh how did how did you guys look at uh, byu on the schedule how big a deal was it for the ags up there
2: it it was you know it's uh you don't really you don't really uh want to want to talk about how there's kind of a big brother little brother thing there going there but uh you know it it had been it had been that way for very many years before we ended up getting our first win uh in a very long time and and i think that they still see it the same way you know we we got into a little little uh scuffle before you know in in pregame it was just like <laughs> i think that those guys are so geeked up for it and our guys are still kind of looking at them as a little brother as you know getting away but th- there's no doubt that those guys have done a really good job and they they deserve all the respect and and uh, they'll get our best shot when we come when we play on friday
0: Okay, uh, just want a couple of leftover notes from Washington before we get to fully on. Kyrus Tonga had one-and-a-half tackles for loss at UW. Uh, Corb had another sack, and Austin Lee was your team's leading tackler. Uh, what's your defensive identity maybe through five games? And and I mentioned those three guys right there. Um, Kyrus, Corbin, and Austin uh, have been three of your more consistent players, I think it's fair to say, through, through five games, and there are others as well. Who else do you want to pat on the back, and what would you say about those three?
2: Those three have done a tremendous job. Um, you know, Corbin, we, we moved around a little bit this game and did a really good job, and we ended up moving him back to end towards the, to the second half. But Corbin uh, plays so hard. I mean, all, all those guys, all the guys on defense as well as the team, they, they play so hard and um, they want to win so badly. Um, but those guys are are difference makers as far as just the way that they they play the game and the the things that they bring to the table on defense.
0: No defensive takeaways. At Washington, there was the one punt muff that BYU recovered, turned into its touchdown late, and uh, yet with no defensive takeaways you want to, you want to see the offense take care of the ball and for the most part doing pretty well they're tied for 17th right now nationally in fewest giveaways of course the one BYU had on Saturday was pretty big coming when it did that was tough to see BYU give the ball back at the end of the first half of course
2: yeah that was it was you know it was deflating on the sideline and I still feel like we should have uh, just given up three points. We ended up missing a tackle and kind of losing the quarterback on the play that they ran a touchdown in. And I think if we would have got them down, they you know would have kicked it, and we're getting the ball back down 17. 17- Zero, but uh, that was yeah, that was that was deflating.
0: <laughs> you're home for the entire month of October now. I mean, you looked at the schedule to realize that you don't leave town again until Boise in the first week of November. So it's three home games in four weeks with a bye week in October. Uh, how integral could this month be to getting done what you want to get done as a team, knowing you're not going to leave home for like five or six weeks here now? This,
2: would be, this would be huge for us. Um, you know, sometimes getting on the road and playing those late games and getting back at. You know, three, four, five in the morning is really tough when you got to prep the kids and get them back on schedule. And so, it'd be huge for us to to stay home to protect the house as well as uh, you know get some windows under, winds under our belt. Um, get some get some teams that are coming up.
0: How much does the short week accelerate your uh, your routine? What gets done today that would normally wait a day?
2: We've got to install today, and so you know a lot of the stuff that we did still you know for us on defense we still still like to to uh give the sabbath to each coach to just you know take care of their business but we are texting and scheming and talking and watching film on our own and uh, when we come in on monday we're basically just laying down our ideas and putting the game plan together and and rolling and so uh you know when the kids come in today for us to meet with them they'll we'll have a game plan ready and we'll practice it and and just to iron out the kinks as we go throughout the week but we've got to be ready today
0: uh First team meeting each week happens uh, with the players, is it Monday afternoon usually, when you're back Mm -hmm. together as a team for the first time after the Saturday game? Yep. And and, and what's most important from that meeting? Uh, Win or lose, what's most important from that first get-together on Monday?
2: You know, Coach Itaka comes in and addresses basically the pulse of the team, and I think that that's always good where, um, you know, he's— He's bringing them back down to reality whether it's a win or a loss and talking about the things that are important and talk about um the things that are important to the program our values our goals and where we sit as far as being bowl eligible and whether we're you know still in in, in the hunt for playing a new year's six bowl or whatever our goals are but just addressing those things and uh, and really reassessing where we're at and uh you know, get getting back on the road to to success as far as what we need to do to reach our goals and and keeping those values. Just talking about them, just so we remember what's important and what's not.
0: Is is it a similar vibe and feel when you have the first coaches meeting too on on Monday, or is it different for you guys?
2: Uh, it is, it is because Gallani's uh, really good about that. You know, Galani's really good. He's you know, you guys see him on TV. He's passionate. Where's his wears his uh, emotions on his sleeve and. And uh does a really good job with just uh getting the kids going. But when it comes down and it's done and we've gotta talk about things that are in the past, and he's really, really good about um, you know, keeping keeping his emotions out of it and uh um just just getting us back on track, whether it's the coaches or you know, and he always gives us reminders, especially after after losses like this. He was really good about it last year where he was talking about don't lose your identity, don't lose who you are. Um Don't go home and be mean to your wife just because you're losing. You know, you got to be a good father. You got to be a good husband. And those are the things that matter to him. Um, and, uh, you know, always talks about getting sleep. Don't stay up late at night. Get sleep. Make sure you guys are coming back, refresh, giving the kids your, your the best you. And he's always really good about that.
0: Excellent. Well, heading to break on the Coordinator's Corner. When we come back, your social media questions using hashtag CCBYU for Coach Eliza Tuiaki as we continue live on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and ESPN 960. We are back with more right after this. Dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality, and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and coming soon to Harriman. Defensive coordinator and defensive line coach Elisa Tuiaki joining us, BYU hosting Utah State in a Friday night special at Lavell Stadium coming up this Friday evening. And uh, we talked about the 3-2 and two and how you're already moving on. We're into October. Uh, but from a big-picture standpoint, the fact that you are already halfway to bowl eligibility, having coming off a 4-9 and nine year without a postseason – uh, that's an accomplishment, right? I mean, you're 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 through one month and you're halfway to one of your goals, and you've got a lot of games left to find, a few more wins to get there. Uh, how much is that a focus from this program, uh, week to week, month to month, about just getting back to where you belong and playing in the postseason?
2: You know, that that's something like we talked about that Kalani addresses with the whole team as as far as where we're at. Um, you know, we our goal for this year was to be bowl eligible, and and uh, we're you know we'll talk about being halfway there, but a lot of work ahead of us, and um you know but uh it's it it is something that we talk about it 's not something that we focus about it 's just you know brought up, talked about, and then we move on, and get ready for the
0: next game okay, to social media now, and you can uh, send a question in for Coach Eliza tuyaki using the hashtag c c b y u this from at uh, york sam a eighty four through five games he says uh, b y u has a total of six sacks, four of which are from Corbin kofusi. What can the defense do to get more pressure on opposing quarterbacks?
2: It's a good question, you know. Um I think we've been asked this question before and um I think the answer's still the same, <laughs> you know, we're, we can we can uh generate some pressure with just different pressures, but also um and I think we just keep keep, keep doing what we're doing the the plan to win is to, to win first and second down and get into third downs where we can make the 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 offense a little bit more uh predictable and and get after the quarterback, but you can't pass rush when when it's uh you know, third and two or when it's second and four. It's you've gotta you've gotta put yourself in a situation to pass rush and you've got to earn the right to pass rush, and we're not completely there yet, especially in this last game and and uh we've got to create more of those situations for us.
0: We hit it earlier about uh, Washington's down and distance situation, but they, they gave themselves uh, makeable and manageable situations on third for the most part. They were nine for twelve on third downs against you, whereas McNeese didn't convert a single third down the week before
2: yeah you know um i can't think of the distances right off the top of my head but they did they did a good job on a couple of the third and longs actually i was thinking about whether we pressured or whether we didn't and um it was a look at looking at some of their drop back passes where they just they just did a really good job throwing it you know throwing it timing and getting to the sticks and receiver turn around and catching it right right before the cornerback can react and um, you know, credit to them to some of the some of the completions that they made, but uh, you know, we've we there's no doubt that we got to create more pressure. But I think the the bigger thing is for us to to uh, uh, play a better situational football
0: in terms of overall disruption or havoc rate. How's your defense doing right now in terms of making plays on defense? Not just not just sacks.
2: We're we're not where we need to be. Um, we need more we need more big plays. We need more takeaways. Um, you know, I think that. Every game kind of has its own story, and it's a little bit different, but uh, overall, uh, throughout the season, as we look at it, we just we have to be better as far as creating more things for
0: us. They broke a long run Saturday night, ball gets punched out, and when you went back and looked at it, what did you see there? That How, how did the ball not end up with BYU? <laughs> <laughs> it's just
2: kind of how the night was going, you know? <laughs> Thought that we would have got that one, and, and Austin, you know, yep. talking about Austin earlier, he did a really good job just getting down and, and uh, punching that thing out, but... Uh, no, ball just didn't bounce our way that that time, and you know credit them for recovering. I think it was an offensive lineman that recovered it, and it was down the field. You know, it just shows the
0: type of effort that they played with. They their guys run down to the ball and did a really good job. And from at B Royal Blue Coug on Twitter, uh, Washington, uh, he says, was a very impressive offensive team, and BYU had some trouble keeping up with them. How is the confidence level of the defense heading into USU prep and Friday's game, and does it need to improve?
2: No, I think that will be fine. You know, um, I think as we go in today, and we talked about it as coaches, the the message to the players, and you know, sharing the blame as far as what what happened there, and, and and us as coaches, maybe not giving putting them in in position to make plays. You know, I think that when they're when they they know what they're doing and they're confident about it, um, we can play with anybody, and that'll be the message this week going to the boys is, hey, that last one was on us as coaches. Let's uh let let you know let's put this one back on you guys and let's roll and I think that they'll they'll like that
0: message. How different of a reset is this week maybe compared to the post Cal week? Like uh, what kind of things did you have to address that week that are maybe different from what you're going to be addressing with the guys this week?
2: Uh, you know, it's, it's same. It's missed opportunities, uh, bad technique, you know, missed tackles, things like that. Um, they, they when you're, when you're losing games, or you're not playing as good defense as you think you should be playing. It always comes down to that. It's, it's basically, um, you know, somebody trying to do more than, than, than he should be doing. Um, and just missed tackles, you know, missed opportunities and just guys not seeing things that the way that they should be. And, and, uh, I think the corrections really all come, come down about that.
0: Okay, thirty seconds for you. A team's coming off a bye week, as Utah State is. How have you viewed that in your coaching career when you're facing a team that's had a rest?
2: It doesn't always pan out well, you know. So it, it's—I don't know what the numbers are as far as uh, you know whether you come off a bye week and win or lose. But I've seen teams come off bye week and lose, um, and you always attribute it to them not playing enough football, you know, during the time off. But. Um, you know, I, I'm just going to treat it as if they're on a short week, too. We, we're we're going to be ready to play. They're going to get our best shot, and our boys, I think, will be geeked up for this one, especially since we lost last year.
0: Good luck on Friday. Thanks. All right, that'll do it for the Coordinator's Corner next week. It is coaches Tuiaki and Grimes as we review the Utah State game and look ahead to Hawaii. Thanks to Jason Shepard, Michael Miner, and everyone at BYU TV. and from BYU Radio, Sean O'Neill, Terry South, Sean Fay, Sterling Richards, Lindsay Peterson and Don Shaline. I'm Greg Rubel. It's been the Coordinator's Corner. We'll talk to you next week at 1 o'clock Eastern, 11 a.m. Mountain on BYU TV and radio. So long.